Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. This was the week when the Yankees finally got back to acting like the New York Yankees. They go out, they land Juan Soto. I don't got to give Brian Cashman credit. The credit goes to Hal Steinbrenner for clearly he is increasing the payroll and Soto is everything you could possibly want. He's left-handed, on-base machine, elite batting eye, plays all the time, right? And he just turned 25. So I think the best part of this move, not just all the things that I've listed, all the things you already know, the best part of this move is it does not rely on any of Brian Cashman's judgment. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. After the night where it became official that Juan Soto was going to be a Yankee, Larry and I finished up the show and what I did was I went back down into the dungeon and I cranked up the algorithm. I ran through some numbers. I I inserted some numbers. I inserted some information. And the algorithm cranked out a projection for Juan Soto. Now, I know what you're going to say. Gordon, your algorithm had the Jets going 15-2 and this year. Fair? It's a fair criticism. The algorithm was off on that. Two things on that. A... With a lot of these computer-based models, you got to run a lot of simulations. I didn't realize that. I thought you just flip the switch and you run and, and whatever it spits out right away was good to go. And secondly, as great as the algorithm is, it can't predict injuries. Don't be ridiculous. But for Juan Soto, the algorithm, and again, we will fine-tune this over, we have some time before opening day, but at least the initial estimates for Juan Soto 95 home runs. Look, it's not me doing it. It's the algorithm. I put the information in. It spits out the numbers. I don't know what to tell you. 95 home runs. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Speaking of the Jets. Man, are the Jets the gift that just keeps on giving? Not so much to fans, but to outsiders. It It really merits a conversation of how do they do it? How are they able to do it? Year after year, week after week, they somehow can find a way to make news. Like this last week, the Jets season is over. It's been over for weeks. You can make the argument it ended uh, when Aaron Rodgers went down four plays in. But here we are into week 14 on a team that has not made the playoffs in forever. A team that is going absolutely no place. It's just rotating quarterbacks. Is this the right? No. Is this the right one? No. Is this the right one? No. What about this first one again? No. No. And yet week after week, they somehow find a way. It's like growing a tree of fruit in your backyard. And you go out one day and all the fruit is ripe and you pick it off the tree and you bring it in the house. And then you go to bed that night, you wake up the next day and there's, a new, there's all new fruit. All new fruit. on. The, how did they do it? It's amazing. This past week, Sunday, you get the loss of the Falcons. Monday... You get the report from uh, Diana Rossini about Zach Wilson's reluctant to go back in as the starting quarterback. 
Tuesday, they release Tim Boyle. Tuesday, you get Rodgers on McAfee. Was Tuesday Robert Sala texting Joe Benigno? Or was that Wednesday? The day, the, the, the week fills up so fast. Tuesday was a very busy day. I think that's also when they signed uh, Rippon, too. Wednesday, you got Zach's ready to go. No, no, he's not reliable. He's ready to roll. Thursday, I think that's when Salah said, oh, Zach's always gave us the best chance to win. What? Sorry? What? Who? What? And then Friday, I don't think they did anything Friday. Even God rested on the seventh day. The Jets, they rest on the fifth day. They also rest on the seventh day. During the games, they're resting. It's, uh, it's uh, not a lot going on there. But you know what's fascinating about the Jets? The Jets are the exception to the rule. What rule? All the rules. They are the exception to all the rules. All logic, all reason, they're the exception. Well, you know what? It can't get any worse. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Can't get any worse? Just because it can't get any worse doesn't mean it's going to get better. Usually when you say it can't get any worse, the assumption is it's going to get better. The Jets are the exception to the rule. Wow, there's no way it can be that bad. Actually, there is. In fact, it's probably worse. They're the exception to the rule. Any publicity is good publicity. Do you read the stories about the Jets? Does anybody think that that's good for the brand? So everyone knows it's always darkest before the dawn. It's been dark for 13 years. Doesn't feel like sunrise is right around the corner. Feels like it's just an endless night. What, on Game of Thrones, winter is coming? And like winter lasts for three years? It's lasted for 13 for the Jets. The only one where the Jets are not the exception? Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. They are the textbook example of that. They, as an organization, are like they are falling down the stairs, but the stairs are endless. It's just an endless staircase, and they're just tripping all the way down. All the way down. So this week, it's back to Zach Wilson, because of course it is. You know what I was thinking the other day? You would have a hard time finding two quarterbacks in the NFL who are worse than Zach Wilson. But yet, somehow, the Jets had two of them on their own roster. (laughs) How is that possible? How is that possible? It would seem to be against all the odds, but there you go. The Jets are the exception to the rule. Two main things to me that I took away from this week. A, I could not get over how many Jet fans, not outsiders, not people that don't know the story, Jet fans, when that story came up from Diana Rossini about Zach Wilson being reluctant to go back in there as the starting quarterback, I couldn't get over how many fans their reaction was, good for him, good for him. Yeah, he shouldn't. Hey, I can understand why he's reluctant to get back in there. They've they've mistreated Zach Wilson. Mistreated? What are you talking about? They have given him every opportunity. They've done the best that they can to work. Now, did they do all the things right? No, they've gotten everything wrong. But he didn't intentionally set out to sabotage him. It's just kind of the way it's gone. And he's been a big part of that sabotage. Because he's been terrible. He's been terrible since he got here. 
terrible. I couldn't get over how many, and maybe it's a, maybe it's a, an age thing where younger fans feel like, oh, well, the, the, the organization, it's their fault. It's the, it's the powers that be. It's the man. You got to fight the man. It's the organization that screwed him. No, they, they've, they're both equally culpable. Like that image of Zach Wilson, was it the Bills game, where he ran out of bounds and he took down Robert Sala? That was like poetic, man. That was the season in a, in a nutshell right there, that one image. So I couldn't get over that. The other big takeaway for me this week was that, barring some kind of miracle, Robert Sala to me is toast. That whole debacle about him texting Joe Benigno, I, I mean, <laughs> it's, unbe- it's unbelievable. And, you know, there's another thought. How many times do you think over the last 10 years there's been a headline that involves the Jets that also uses the word debacle? Like, what What? What do you think? Like, a, what's the over-under? Billion? A Google? Yeah, for Robert Sala to have that story come out the same day that Rogers is talking about leaks in the building, it seems kind of hard for me to believe. Again, barring some sort of miracle, which would you would have to think it starts as we, and I mean a miracle is like you get to like seven wins. That would be a miracle. The Jets winning three more games the rest of this season, that would be a miracle. So those are my two main takeaways. I, I just can't believe how many Jet fans that their reaction to the Zach, well, good for him. They've they've mistreated him. He's been terrible. He is ruining their team. He's ruining the coach's career. He's ru- I'm not saying that he's the only reason that, 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 that no, but he's part of it. They're all culpable together. It's a whole it's a team. Couldn't get over how many people. Good for him. Good for him. What 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 are his other options? Very strange. Very strange. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to uh, John is on Long Island. John, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, how's it going? Hey, John. Um, wanted to chime in about these Jets. and I had two points, but the third one about Zach Wilson, you know, I, I don't know who Jet fans, what Jet fans everyone's talking to, whoever feels bad for him and that he's coming back in, good for him. Come on now, please. You're not a real Jet fan then. But two two points, right? There is all this talk and all this noise around the Jets, right? There always will be because all they do is lose, right? The only way you fix this is if you win and make the playoffs, right? Ten-plus years, no playoffs. And, you know, the second point, to put this on Robert Sala, I want to know when is someone going to hold Joe Douglas accountable, right? It's been enough where he's done some good things and it's been long enough of a a term. Aaron Rodgers goes down in the fourth play, right? Where was the trade? Where was a trade? Not even, okay, not even for a quarterback. I get no one wanted to give us a backup quarterback. What about the guard from the Vikings? What about another wide receiver not named, you know, who, whoever? We got Randall Cobb and we got, you know, all these signings that, yes, Aaron Rodgers wanted, but you had the opportunity to make it right. And no one points the finger at Joe Douglas. It's mistake after mistake. And Zach Wilson, drafting Zach Wilson, it's a big mistake. Hey, okay, Garrett Wilson and, you know, Jermaine Johnson, AVT, yeah, you can make those cases, right? But most people could make those picks. The picks when it matters and the trades when it matters, he's falling short. So my question is, when are we going to pull back from Robert Sala, which the whole thing with Joe Benigno, come on now, right? I mean, that's ridiculous. But where is Joe Douglas in this? Who's holding him accountable? Because he doesn't have to talk to the media. I want to hear from him. As a real fan, 
What was going on that you made no trade? You sat back at this trade deadline and let our season fall apart when you know who Zach Wilson is. I'd love to hear your thoughts. John, there's no question that Larry and I at night, I can't account for all the different shows. We have absolutely brought up Joe Douglas's name. And, and this week, the perfect example, right? Because as we've been talking about, the complete opposite where a team has made the same decisions as you have made, but theirs have all worked out and yours have all gone wrong. And you're right. Has Joe Douglas had some good picks? Absolutely. He's had, like, I think was it nine or ten first-round picks, first and second-round picks over the four years that he's been here? So, yeah, you're going to nail some of them. But unfortunately, even the good ones, which have been good, Sauce, excellent player, Garrett Wilson looks like a, a real star in the making, all of those have been derailed because of the, the mistake at, at number two. So uh, we have certainly brought that up. This year, we've said many times, Larry and I, that this year, the failures of this year to us, much more on the building of the team rather than the coaching of the team. That's not to say the coaching of the team has been great, but it's much more of the structure of how the team was put together and the fact that when it would be one thing if you lose your quarterback week seven, week eight, you lost them right away. And it seemed like weeks before they even tried to even make a move to go out and bring someone in. And then the person they bring, it seemed like they came from a point of view of, well, we got to get somebody, but we don't want to get anybody who's better than Zach Wilson. That really kind of narrows it down. Let's go out to uh, Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, what's going on? Good morning, Gordon. Shout out to the company. I uh, just wanted to talk uh, some Yankees, but I'll, I'll answer some of your Jet questions before I get to my Soto point. Um, as far as with the Jets, it, it is hilarious because, you know, when you say when you say that, you know, they like like you said, they didn't look for anyone better than Zach Wilson. So I, I, that when you're kind of being given that type of mandate. I, I, you know, it tells me someone's hands were definitely tied in that situation. But as far as the, the, with Soto, the people that I do, and you were correct, the people that I do give credit for the Soto deal is more of the Yankee fans. Because I still remember when Hal came out and said, it shouldn't take $300 million to win a World Series. And it really got me, the fan, upset because it told, it told me that you weren't willing to actually do the most that you that you could do so when yankee fans had this season and pretty much exploded this is why you know i think that you know hopefully how doesn't make soto the last you know big move because we can't have a repeat of last of last season where they got rodone and he said we're not done and they were done so hopefully you know we get another front line starter we do get that kid from japan and we do get, you know, another uh, a couple of relievers and a more of a proven closer because I, I don't trust Clay Holmes and whatever advanced sabermetrics, you know, analytics that they want to throw out and say how great he is when I keep seeing him blow big big time save. Uh, no, see to me, Jose, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, the Yankees, one thing, even with Cashman being as bad as he's been here the last couple of years, you have to trust the Yankees on relievers. They they do uh, they do a job every single year. They find these guys. You know, they, they, the deal that they made to to get Michael King was a sensational deal. They gave up, what was it, Garrett Cooper or something like that, and one other guy. 
and and they found him and they developed him and and he at worst I don't know whether he's going to be an ace for the Padres but he at worst he is a high leverage reliever possible closer we saw that in terms of a starter we really only saw like one month of him starting and he had like that one awesome game where he struck out 13 guys and all that type of stuff in terms of the the Soto move and why the Yankee fan I think deserves a lot of credit for being as hun- unhinged as they have been like, you would think, well, the reason the Yankees went out and got Soto was because the season that they had and they had, they knew they had to make big moves. But after the season, you had that press conference Zoom meeting thing where you saw Hal on the screen and he's talking about, well, we shouldn't need to spend $300 million. Something has had to have changed from them. Now, maybe he was just saying that because he didn't want to tip his hand. I guess that is possible. But I think that the Yankees read the room after the explanation of the season and realized their explanation was not passing the the smell test when it came to Yankee fans. Now back to the Gordon Damer show on 98.7 ESPN. In terms of dumb, I rank dumb on like a DEFCON scale, like a dumb con, like D- dumb con one is silly. Yeah, it's a, it's not the worst thing, but it's silly. Number two, I would say, would be like foolish. That's all right. It's a little worse than silly. It's foolish. Then level three would be idiotic. Four would be moronic. And then five, the worst possible of the dumb cons, that would be brain dead. Brain dead is as bad as, as you can get. When it comes to the Yankees, if there's any conversation that has to do with the Yankee beard policy, that is conversation that automatically starts at level five. It doesn't, and it doesn't go up. It just keeps banging its head on the floor. Now, I do think that the policy itself, that would be silly. That would be level one. But any conversation about the Yankees are going to have to change the policy because they're not going to get players, because they're not going to want to be... Guys, look around. (laughs) Can you give me one, not five, not three, not two, one documented case of the Yankees not landing a player because they didn't want to shave their beard? Is there a single one where you say, ah, that guy, he didn't... He was going to have to shave his beard, so he decided not to come to the Yankees. There's one and only one. Who is that? The former Giant closer, Brian Wilson. See, I was a big proponent. The Yankees should have picked him up, forced him to shave the beard, and then immediately trade him somewhere else because his beard was just ridiculously ugly looking. It was a bad, ugh. Well, it was the James Harden of baseball, right? Yeah, he was. He kind of originated it, yeah. So that was like, kind of like his brand. Mm-hmm. So he was like, right. I, I'm just that not was his brand. It. I, a I don't beard. want to be a Yankee. Yeah. The, the the whole conversation, I don't want to spend too much time on it because, as I said, it's brain dead. But we got to stop with the whole, the Yankees are going to lose players. They're not winning. Well, they have won. They have won, and the policy has been – it would be one thing if they instituted the policy and then they didn't win for five years. They've won with the policy in place. They've lost with the policy in place. So I, it kind of makes me think that maybe the policy isn't anything. <laughs> it doesn't have any bearing on whether the team is good or not. Right, let's go back to the phones. one 800 919 espn is the telephone number. Craig is in uh, Michigan. Craig, what's going on? Hey, yeah, I wanted to talk some football, but just on what you just said, 
you know, if Jason Giambi can do it, then everybody should be able to do it. I mean, uh, so I, I think that that policy just doesn't come into effect often enough where someone can say that's significantly changing our future. I mean, it just doesn't. So no. I agree with you on that. Um, football, it's not just the Jets. The whole league should have got a wake-up call last year when they watched the NFC Championship. You've got to have two quarterbacks to win, maybe even three. But especially now where we've moved to 17 games, um, and, and, it, and 18 is not that far off in the future. They're going to have to have two quarterbacks. Every t- any team that's serious about trying to win a championship is going to have to set aside dollars to pay a, a guy that might not play a game. But if he does come in, he's like a relief pitcher. Hey, you know what? We don't need you until we need you. And then this guy comes in. And so people, the, the argument would be, well, there's just not enough quarterbacks out there to do that. But the teams that are serious about it are going to get and scrape the barrel to get at least somebody that's serviceable. I mean, come on, Cooper Rush is pretty good quarterback. He's not a starter, but Dallas probably doesn't feel like they can't win any games if Dak Prescott goes down because they've got somebody decent on the bench. And you have to have somebody at least that good to give you a shot, whether it be for two games or the rest of the season. I mean, I remember the Packers start out four and three uh, six years ago. And then Brett Hundley comes in, and they go three and six the rest of the way. I mean, the season's gone. You can't have that anymore, especially with the schedule that we have now. Yeah, well, look, it is hard to find, and the Jets have had a hard enough time finding one quarterback, never mind two. Uh, The two things, though, that they have going against them is that when Rodgers goes down, it didn't seem like they had any urgency at all to try and find that second solution, which we all kind of thought they, they could not go into the season relying on Zach Wilson. If for any reason, I said it many times, and I was not alone, if they had to rely on Zach Wilson for any length of time, the season was was probably screwed. And I think that that's kind of played out. And the second thing is, with Wilson, he's never gotten any better. You would think with more reps, he would get some level of improvement. That has not been the case. And it's not even been like he's had that many spike weeks, like Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, if you play him over a long period of time, the warts are going to show, clearly. But he has those weeks where all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, he's able to kind of pull out plays or pull out wins. That has not also been really the case with Zach Wilson. They've won because the defense has been good, and they've won kind of in spite of Zach Wilson. So there's a lot of blame to go around, and it doesn't help that the team that they share the stadium with is also playing a third-string quarterback who came in looked completely uh, lost and, and and overwhelmed originally, right? Wouldn't They wouldn't even allow him to throw a pass, and you've already seen growth from him in the short time that he's got to, to play. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's impossible. I'm just getting warmed up. Full of hijinks. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. And educational. You sound like you're a moron. It's what I learned on TikTok, starring Gordon Damer. All right, so this is a little inside the show here. But you'll remember last week, Joe, Harvey, both knocked it out of the park. Both did very well, suspiciously so. And even when accused, did not uh, try to fight those accusations at all, any step of the way. So today, in studio, I got my eyes on both of them. I'm watching them both for this round of what I learned this week on TikTok. In case you're new to the show, new to the segment, I, as a 53-year-old man, 
spend way too much time on that TikTok app. But it's it's so addicting because I learn such interesting but yet completely useless information. So I present it to Joe. I present it to Harvey. Give them a little airtime. I'll give them four pieces of information, three of which are fake. Just made them up out of my head. But one of the pieces of information I give them is something that's true, and it is something that I've learned this week on TikTok. Round and round it goes. Every week I'm learning more and more things. I have learned more on TikTok than I have uh, in my seven years of college. It wasn't a really high bar. i got to be honest with you. Seven years of college down the drain. All right. Uh, who's going first here? Harvey, Joe, who's batting leadoff? I'll go first. All right. 53, here we go. huh? 53. And seven years of college. Seven years of college. You want to... You have to pace yourself. You don't want to rush through. Well, people always say college are the best years of your life. Why would you want to rush through the best years of your life? Seven? Did you talk to the NCAA? No, seven years of college down the drain. That's from Animal House, you two. Yes, it is. Goobers. They talked to the NCAA about it. No. I thought you were the the, uh, Will Timmy of... uh... No, I'm not. I am not. All right, uh, Harvey, first up. Here we go. You ready? Let's do it. Number one, Andy Williams... He of It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year fame. You know that song, right? Sure. His wife shot a guy to death. Number two, stuntman Ted White was 67 years old when he portrayed Jason in the original Friday the 13th movie. Number three, if you find yourself at home during a tornado, it is recommended that you open, if you have time, all the windows in your house to equalize the pressure inside to match the pressure outside. Or number four, Corbin Blue, the actor from High School Musical, has the third most translated Wikipedia page, trailing only Barack Obama and Jesus. So again, to recap, Andy Williams, his wife shot a guy to death. Number two, stuntman Ted White was 67 when he portrayed Jason in Friday the 13th, the the original one. Number three, if you find yourself at home during a tornado, recommended that you open all the windows in your house to equalize the pressure inside the match outside. Or number four, Corbin Blue from High School Musical fame has the third most translated Wikipedia page trailing only Barack Obama and Jesus. Now, that movie, Jason, that's not Freddy versus Jason, right? It's just Jason? No, it's the first Friday the 13th, uh, f- first, the first Friday the 13th movie. I don't know what year that was. What, like 81, 82, somewhere around there? Another movie you got to watch. Um, I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to go with Jason. Jason, stuntman Ted White. Lock it in. No, that's incorrect. That is incorrect. That's wrong. I just made that one up. Ted White was, uh, he was in one of them, and he was almost 60 when he was in that one. He was a famous stuntman, Ted White, but uh, no, he was not 67. That would be ridiculous. He's Jason. Come on. He's got to be younger than that. All right, so you're now down to three there, Harvey. Andy Williams' wife shot a guy to death. If you're in your house, tornado, open all the windows. Or Corbin Blue, third most translated Wikipedia page. Some wacky stuff. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Corbin Blue. Corbin Blue. Do you know who Corbin Blue is? Yes, I actually saw both. I want both or all three High School Musical films. They were so good, you don't even know if it was two or three. three. Yeah, there's been three. All right. I don't know. Is he is he an important part of the the plot? 
Yes, I don't remember the plots at all these days. Interesting. But. See, that sounds like something they write on the movie poster. I don't remember the plot at all. Come I'm, see it. That's how you sell it. All right, lock it in. No, that's also wrong. God, you're wrong. All right, so he did have a very, he does have a very strangely highly rated translated page into a bunch of different languages, which is, is puzzling, but it's not third. There's other people that are higher up. Ronald Reagan. Other people are, I can't remember all the list. Gordon Damer. <laughs> That's not, that, that obviously is not true. So now you're down to Andy Williams, uh, his wife shot a guy to death, or uh, tornado tips. What do you want to go with? Uh, I'm going to believe the the one I don't want to believe, and that's uh, the Williams shot to death. Andy Williams, his wife, shot a guy to death. Yes, that is correct. It was her boyfriend at the time. Just shot him. <laughs> Lover's quarrel of some guy. She only got like 30 days in prison. I'm not, I'm not sure of all the details of the case, but that seems light. That seems light. All right. Uh, nice job, Harvey. You didn't go 0 for 3. That's always a plus. Joe, are you ready to see if you can top Harvey? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Number one, Keith Moon of The Who and Mama Cass of The Mamas and Papas both died in the same hotel room. Number two, Twinkies have a shelf life of 120 days. Number three, Henry Winkler, the Fonz, injured himself riding the motorcycle during the pilot episode of Happy Days and he almost lost his job as Fonzie because the producers got ticked off about it. Or number four, Alice from the Brady Bunch, Ann B. Davis. She was my age when she was cast on the show. So Your again, age right now? Uh, yes, my age right now. That was her age when she got cast on the Brady Bunch. So again, to recap for the audience, Keith Moon, Mama Cast, died in the same hotel room. Twinkies have a shelf life of uh, four months, four mo- 120 days. Henry Winkler injured himself during uh, the pilot episode riding the motorcycle as Fonzie and almost lost his job as a result. Or Alice from the Brady Bunch, Ann B. Davis, was my age when she was cast on the show. Give me the Fonz, lock it in. Lock it in. No, that's not true. He did not know how to ride a motorcycle. It's wrong. Uh, he did not know. He was, he was acting. Look at that. So, uh, no, that's incorrect. Just made that one up. So now you're down to three. Keith Moon, Mama Cass, Twinkies, which might have a connection there. Uh, Also, Alice uh, from the Brady Bunch. No connection to the other two, so far as I know. Sounds like three people. If you had three people alive (laughs) or dead who you could have dinner with, I I want Keith Moon, Mama Cass, and Alice from the Brady Bunch. Give me uh, Alice from the Brady Bunch. I'll lock that in. Lock it in. No, she was 10 years younger than me. She was 40. Yeah, Alice was 43. Young woman. Young girl, practically. All right, so now you're down to two. You got Twinkies or you got uh, Keith Moon and Mama Cass. I'm going to go Keith Moon and Mama Cass. Lock that in. Lock it in. Yes, that is correct. They both died in the same hotel room. You figure you'd, you'd close that hotel room off after the first one. Now, is this the hotel in Oklahoma City that seemed to be haunted? No. I think it's somewhere overseas. But you would figure, all right, we, Keith Moon died here. Let's let's close this. Let's give Mama Cass a different room. They also died at the same age. Not the same day. 
but they both were the same age when they died. Well, that'd be very interesting That's if they died weird. the same day in the same hotel room. I wonder, are, are you still getting out the hotel room? If you didn't close it off after the first one, are you going to close it off after the second one? Oh, no, now it has to be like an exhibit. Yeah, probably. Shot dead! All right. Uh, all right, so now moving on, we uh, have one last one. This time we flip it. Three truths, one lie. So now you're trying to spot the lie. Before you were trying to find what I learned, which was true. Now there's three lies and one truth. Is that complex enough? All right, here we go. You guys ready? Here we go. Ready or not? Big Thunder Mountain, the roller coaster, has been found effective in helping break up kidney stones. Number two, among the concerns for the Apollo 11 moon landing was if the capsule landed in quicksand on the moon. Number three, Bill Nye, the science guy, was a high school arm wrestling champ. Or number four, chat GPT, when translated in French phonetically, sounds exactly like the phrase, cat, I farted. So there you go. There's the, there, those are your options. Big Thunder Mountain, good at breaking up kidney stones. Apollo 11, they were concerned, was going to land in quicksand. Bill Nye, the science guy, was a high school arm wrestling champ. Or ChatGPT, when translated in French, translates to cat, I farted. Any guesses? I'm going to go Bill Nye. You're going to lock that one in. You think that's the lie? Okay. Yes. Bill Nye, the science guy, is the lie. All right. I'm gonna. What was that first one again? A big thunder mountain has been found effective breaking up kidney stones. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. Lock it in. One of you is right. One of you is wrong. Congratulations to Joe Leo. Yes, Bill Nye, the science guy, was not a high school arm wrestling champ. But the other three are true. Big Thunder Mountain uh, has been found effective breaking up kidney stones. I don't know if you have a kidney stone, you feel like going to Disney World. But if you do, put two and two together there. Uh, the Apollo 11 moon landing, they were worried that it was going to land on quicksand on the moon. And chat GPT, yep, translated in French means cat I farted. So there you go. That, my friends, is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now, because of the segment, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more on the Jets, more on the Yankees. Plus, not talked about the the Knicks at all. Oh boy, lots going on there as well. So we'll get to that next. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. And please, Inform me if Dari and Mel start doing a What I Learned on Instagram Reels segment next week. Please, if somebody could pass that word along to me, be greatly appreciated. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show. Still, I mean, we still have so much to do. We still have the polar opposite of power rankings. Those are coming up. NFL picks, which, look, everybody does NFL picks. But here, the difference is we get the picks right. Scorching hot. We're on a heater, as they say in the gambling industry. 3-0 and last week, 7-2 and over the last three weeks. So rounding into form. We're like that playoff team that takes a little while to figure things out. And then when they hit the, the later part of the schedule, that's when they put everything together. Like the Bucks, the year they won with Brady. That's, that's us. We're going to go undefeated in the postseason. That's what it's all about. So we have NFL picks to come. Polar opposite of power rankings coming up. The leftovers, of course, are the like ah, 11.45-ish. But we've not talked about the Knicks at all. And uh, the Knicks bear monitoring. Last night, they go out, lose the Celtics, 133-123, I think what the final was. It's another high-scoring game, so much for fixing the defense. 
and the Knicks kept it close for a, a little while. It's it, it's becoming a running theme. Knicks keep it close for a little while, and then they get hit with a run, and then they're playing catch-up the rest of the game, and then lost to a team that's clearly better than them. So I know Knicks fans, they don't really – we love them for it, but they don't really reside a lot of times on planet Earth. So I will just say this. The Knicks lost to the Celtics last night. They they're supposed to lose to the Celtics. Now, it doesn't mean they have to lose to the Celtics. They can beat them. But it's not a great shock that they lost to the Celtics, especially in Boston where they've not lost a game so far this year. So there are teams in the Eastern Conference that are clearly just better than the Knicks. They're not going to – the Knicks are not going to be one of those top three teams in the East. The Bucks are better. Sixers better. Celtics better. You can live with that. That is not the problem. The problem is – the Knicks have to be in that next grouping in the top six. And that next three, it's getting a little crowded. The Magic, the start that they're off to, the Pacers with how they've played and, and how Tyrese Halliburton has looked so far, the Cavaliers, the Heat you think are at some point are, are going to start to uh, put things together as they always do, kind of like the pick segment. Struggle a little bit early on, then as things move along the season, start to put things together, getting ready for the playoffs. So this next game the Knicks have against the Raptors, that is suddenly a very big game. Five straight road games after that. And we'll have to see what the story is with uh, Jalen Brunson. Injured his ankle, what, 30 seconds left in the game last night. The Knicks clearly were not going to win. You better hope that that's not anything. And after the game, uh, Tom Thibodeau said that, he was not. He, he didn't regret it. If Jalen Brunson misses any amount of time, you're going to regret it. So the Knicks are kind of in that, a little bit of a, it, it's always going to feel kind of teetering at times. It do, it's never going to feel like you can be completely comfortable, even with the expectation that they're not one of those top three teams because those next three spots, at least right now, there's a bunch of teams fighting for those. Now the Knicks are part of it. There's no question that they should be in that mix right there as one of the, they have to be a playoff team again this year. You you'd certainly like to win a playoff series like you did a year ago. But as we're sitting here waiting for whenever that big trade does happen, if that trade ever does happen, you have to establish that's what allows you to kind of have some time so you don't have to force the issue and push for a trade that you know in your heart is probably not, not the right deal. You have to be able to, to have some success and build a foundation of success so that you can wait for the right deal to reveal itself and then strike when that deal does reveal itself, whoever that guy is, who is clearly not available right now. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Lonnie is on Long Island, our buddy Lonnie. What's going on, pal? Oh, am I anything. supposed to? There we go, Lonnie. How are you? All right. Well, I, I'm going to touch on the Knicks. I've touched. The Knicks, they're, they're, they're a B team. They're not an A. So you can't expect them to beat those elite teams. Right. We don't have the players, so we're not going to do it. All right, on, on the Jets, why are we wasting time with Jack Wilson? I don't know. We should have done that last year. We should have been done. But, hey, maybe they're trying to put him out there. May hopefully somebody will grab him up from us. Who knows? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't think that uh, – I don't know that teams are lining up to grab Zach Wilson. He was the second pick in the draft, so I'm sure after this season there would be a team that would be willing to bring him in. 
and and bring him in as, as kind of a project. Nobody's going to make him their starter. So, uh, but I don't think that the reason they're going with him is because they have no other options. He he actually is the best of the quarterbacks that they compiled. But that's more of a statement on, on the other quarterbacks they compiled. It's not a statement that that uh, all of a sudden Zach Wilson is is so much better. Richard is in Westport. Richard, what's going on? How are you? I'm good, Richard. What's up? I've been a fan for the Jets going back to the 70s. I'm talking about Joe Namath and Uh Pat Lay and stuff like that. Um, And you know what? I apologize. I just – is Zach Wilson starting tomorrow? Yes, he is. Are you excited? No. Why not? I'm devastated. Well – It's just – you know what? Makes no sense. This is a wasted season. I hope um, um, Aaron Rodgers – doesn't come back and play, I would put him in, like, bubble wrap right now for next year. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's what they're going to end up doing. They're, they're, not even Rodgers. I know Rodgers wants to come back and, and show, hey, look, look at what I did. I, that Everybody told me I would, couldn't do it, and I did it. It would make absolutely no sense. On the list of bad ideas and dumb decisions that the New York Jets have made over their franchise history, that would be – if not the highest, certainly very high up on the list. 